Praise the Lord. Isn't that awesome? Amen. Hallelujah. So we are into financial empowerment, open heavens, generational blessings. How many of you love generational blessings? Amen. Hallelujah. Let's get into the word of God. Amen. It's so important that we get into the revelation and the insight. Let's look at Nehemiah chapter 9, verse 22. Nehemiah 9, verse 22. As I've always said, I don't give you my opinions. I give you the word of God. Amen. Hallelujah. We're not here to tell one another what to do. We're here to get into the word of God and know what to do from the word. Isn't that good? Amen. So Nehemiah chapter 9, verse 22 to verse 27. It's very important that we know that God blesses us and God blesses our children. And God blesses our parents and God blesses us as well. How many of us have parents? How many of us have parents? Yes, we all have parents. So it's important for us to know that God blesses our parents and God blesses us and blesses our children. He's the God of the generations. He's the God of the generations. Now, I want you to be patient and just read through this with me. Uh, Moreover, you gave them kingdoms and nations and did divide them into corners. So they possessed the land of Sihon and and the land of the king of Heshbon. And the land of Og, king of Bashan. Now, I want you to pay attention to verse 23. So God gave them territories. God gave them lands. And then look at verse 23. Their children also, their children also multiplied you as the stars of heaven and brought them into the land. So not only did God bless them, God also blessed their children after them. Amen. Concerning which you had promised to their fathers that they should go into possess. Isn't this awesome? So look at verse 24. So the children went in and possessed the land, and you subdued before them the inhabitants of the land. Now go to verse 25. Go to verse 25. And they took strong cities and a fat land and possessed houses full of all goods, wells, digged, vineyards, olive yards, fruit trees in abundance. Wouldn't you call this prosperity? Wouldn't you call this financial blessing? Not only did God bless them, God blessed their children as well. Amen. Hallelujah. And fruit trees in abundance. So they did eat and were filled and became fat. Not in the word, like not in the sense of obese. Became fat means full. And delighted themselves in your great goodness. That's what God wants us to experience. To delight ourselves in his great goodness. How many of you want that? Would you like to delight yourself in the goodness of the Lord? Amen. That's what God wants to give to us. Now go with me to verse uh, 26. Verse 26. You know, why did bad times happen to good people? You know, how come in the midst of good, we have famine? We have calamities. We have disasters. Nevertheless, they were disobedient. They were taking things for granted. They were disobedient and rebelled and not even knowing it. Rebelled against the Lord, against you and cast your law behind their backs and slew your prophets, which testified against them to turn them to you. And they wrought great provocations. I want you to understand that God never rejects us, but we can reject ourselves. God is never into giving us hard times and bad times. But we reap what we sow. It's very, very important that we understand that. So it's important for us to remember not to make the mistake of holding on to me, myself, and mine. It's very important for us not to become self-centered. Self-righteous, self-pitied. 
it's very important for us to remember the scripture that tells us what do we have that we have not received. Everything that we have, we have received. Can we say amen to that? I am grateful to all who have blessed me, including my parents, my spouse, my brothers and sisters in the Lord, my friends, my mentors, instructors, employers, employees. Let's be grateful. Lift up our hands and say thank you. Thank you, Lord, for all those that have blessed me in my life. I'm truly thankful. Amen. Amen. I'm thankful as a migrant. I'm thankful to the Lord for those who have brought me into this beautiful country of Australia. I do not take for granted. I'm so thankful as a migrant that God has opened the door and God has allowed me to come here. I'm thankful to God for my carers, all those who have cared for me. Amen. Above all else, I'm thankful. I'm grateful to God. My provider, my preserver, my protection, the source of my life, my well-being, both now and forever. Let's say amen. Amen. Taking for granted, taking things for granted, taking people for granted is a very, very um, foolish attitude. Because in so doing, you sin against yourself and you sin against God. Let's look at Malachi chapter 3. Malachi chapter 3, verse 13 to 14. Malachi chapter 3, verse 13 to 14. Who is speaking here? God. The Lord said, your words have been stout against me. Yet you say, what have we spoken so much against you? God is telling the Israelites, telling the Jews that your word have been very, very rude against me. And they said, what? What did we say against you? You have said, it is vain, useless to serve God. And what profit is it that we have kept his ordinance? We might not have said it openly, but we might have said it on the inside with our attitude and with our thoughts. We might have put natural things over and above God. We might have put natural duties over and above God. We might have thought that our job is more important to us than God. It's the job that has benefited me. It's the job that has made me money. And the word of God says, this kind of attitude is very unpleasant towards God. Focusing on our effort instead of on grace is rude and hard against God. Instead, we should say, it is very, very profitable for me to serve God. It is very, very profitable for me to serve God. It's profitable for my character. For my health and healing, for my finances, for my family, for my children. It is very, very profitable to serve God. Can we say amen? God wants us to be a profitable steward. It's not the will of God for us to be broke and poor and sick. No, never. God wants us to be profitable stewards. We have to be blessed in order that we can be a blessing. Can we say amen? amen. Can you be a blessing without being blessed yourself? No. So say to yourself, I have to be blessed in order to be a blessing to someone else. So let me ask you a question. Is it that will of God to bless you? Is it the will of God to heal you? Yes. Is it the will of God to prosper you financially? Yes. Is it the will of God for you to be joyful? Yes. Is it the will of God for you to be harmonious with everybody around you? Yes. And the word of God says that if we ask anything according to his will, right? It shall be 
given unto us. So in every situation, in every circumstance, identify the will of God. The will of God is always good. The will of God is always profitable for you. The word of God says that he has a plan for you. Not to harm you, but to give you a hope and a future. Can we say amen? A hope and a future for your body, a hope and a future for your finances, a hope and a future for your marriage, a hope and a future for your children. Can we say amen? Amen. Glory be to God. Now I want you to look at Matthew chapter 1 verse 1. Matthew chapter 1 verse 1. We're talking about open heavens. We're talking about financial empowerment. We're talking about generational blessings. Amen. You need to know and know that money in and, of, in and of itself is not evil. Money is not evil. It's the lust after money that is evil. God is not against you having money. God wants you to have money. But it's your stewardship that will either make you or break you. So the word of God is very clear. Teaching us how to steward our finances. And when it comes to stewarding our finances, it has a lot to do with stewarding our character, our soul. Can we say amen? If you look at Matthew chapter 1 verse 1, the book of the generation, I want to draw your attention to the very fact that this word is singular, not plural. Not the generations. It's singular, plural. The book of the generation... Why is it singular? Because we all belong to the Jesus generation. We all belong to the Jesus generation. Come on, say to yourself, I belong to the Jesus generation. Amen. Hallelujah. Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Two times, the son of the son two times. So that means we need to pay attention. Jesus, how many of you know that Jesus is the second person of the Trinity? Lift up your hands if you do. Jesus is the second person of the Trinity. Jesus is God. And yet he had chosen to come into the human network. He had chosen to come to the human context in the midst of Human relationships. Now, I want to ask you a very honest question. How many of you have had times that you've had this thought, if I could be just by myself? I don't want to be with anybody. It's so difficult to get along with people. Yes. And yet God, he chose to come and dwell in the midst of sinners, fallen people. Weak people. He became a son to a human father. He became a son to a human grandfather, to a human forefather. The name of Jesus is Emmanuel, which means God is with us. So God is not the God who is very far away from us. You know, in heaven, no. God is in the midst of us. God is in you. God is around you. God is above you. Amen. Jesus had brought God to the midst of his people. Angels are here on earth. Can we say amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Say with me, God is approachable. You can relate to him. God is not a standard to judge you by. He's not a standard for you to measure up to. He's not somebody for you to get approval from. Can we say amen? Can we say amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. In fact, he's the one who is always drawing you to himself. And the closer you are to him, the better it is for him and for you. Can we say amen? Hallelujah. How many of you know the potter's hand, that song? Beautiful Lord, wonderful Savior. Sing it with me. I know for sure 
All of my days are held in your hands, crafted into your perfect plan. You gently call me into your presence, guiding me by your Holy Spirit. Teach me, the Lord, to live all of my life through your lies. I'm captured by your holy calling. Set me apart. I know you're drawing me to yourself. Teach me, Lord, I pray. What do you know? He is drawing you to him. In every situation, in every circumstance, whether it's hard and difficult or it's easy and comfortable, he is drawing you. Come on, say with me, he's drawing me to himself, to his heart, to know him more. To know him better, to know him higher, to know him greater, to know him deeper. Amen. Amen. It's very, very important. It's never God who rejects us. It's we who reject God. God is the embodiment of virtues. It's the virtue of Jesus that healed a woman with the issue of blood, remember? It's the virtue of Jesus that multiplied the bread and the fish. It's the virtue of Jesus that brought about the resurrection from the dead. As we partake of him, who he is, with his truth and power, Every one of us becomes virtuous. And to be virtuous means to be victorious. Because to be virtuous means you have power over the evil one whose name is the devil. So how many of us want to be virtuous? How many of us wants to be virtuous? You cannot be victorious without being virtuous. Because your enemy is the devil. It's the evil one. It's the demonic one. It's the bad one. You cannot overcome bad with bad. You cannot overcome evil with evil. You just all sit together and have a party. (laughs) And while throwing rocks at each other. (laughs) You have to overcome evil with good. Come on, say with me. Overcome evil with good. Amen. So as we partake of the virtues of Jesus, we become virtuous, we become victorious over sickness, poverty, wars, strives, sin, and death. Can we say amen? If I can ask you to look at 1 John chapter 1 verse 5, 1 John 1 5. 1 John 1 5. This then is the message which we have heard of him and declared unto you. Say with me together. 1, 2, 3. That God is light and in him is no darkness at all. No darkness at all. What is darkness? Darkness is the absence of evil. Dark, sorry. Darkness is the absence of light. The presence of evil. Darkness is the absence of light, the presence of evil, demons of sickness, poverty, robbery, fights, wars, strife, hurts, pain, accidents, demonic activities that steal and kill and destroy. You can see this all around you. You can watch this on television. What is dark 
physically is not as bad as what is dark on the inside. The darkness in the soul is worse than the darkness around us. And when your soul is dark, when you're offended, when you're upset, when you're hurt, when you're into self-indulgence, taking drugs, doing alcohol, fornicating, doing, committing adultery, you start to hear voices that are not of the Holy Spirit. You may think that you're hearing God, but you're not. How many of you know that the devils can come as an angel of light? That's when deception starts to set in. The voice that causes us to dislike someone, to focus on somebody's weakness and mistakes, to focus on just myself, how I feel, what I think, how much I have suffered, is not of God. The voice that causes you to dwell in yourself, how good you are, how right you are, in contrast to somebody else, is not of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will never tell you to engage in self-pity. The Holy Spirit will never tell you how good you are and how bad everyone is. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of reconciliation, never the spirit of division. I'm talking about in all relationships. Can we say amen? Because Jesus had come and had died for reconciliation, not for division. Can we say amen? It is always easier for the self. Sigmund Freud calls it the eat, I-D-E. The self is a lot easier for the self to sin than to be holy, to react, to lash out than to be patient and forgiving and kind, to blame it on someone else than to admit our wrong. Even how many of you have unconsciously or unknowingly wronged someone else? Come on. Yes, we all have. Amen. The self is very good at justifying itself and manipulating others. The self drives, but the spirit leads. And that's why it is so important for the self to be brought under the power of the Holy Spirit, the headship of Jesus Christ, the lordship of the word of God. Amen. That's how you know you love God is when you desire to be like Jesus. Can we say amen? amen? What did Jesus say when he was crucified on the cross? What did he say? He said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they are doing. Know not. Why? Because there's darkness. There's blindness. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. So how we think, what we think, our mindset, our attitude is very, very important. That determines whether we are going to win over the devil or we're going to lose our battle to become like the devil. Can we say amen? Amen. With light within us is very, very important. When you have light within you and you can see clearly, that means you have an open heaven above you. The light within you is an indication that you have an open heaven above you. Let's look at Deuteronomy chapter 28 verse 12. Deuteronomy chapter 28 verse 12. Why is it so important to have an open heaven? Because we're living in a very dark world. The world, why is it dark? Because it's full of sin. And where there is sin, there is evil. There's evil, there's darkness. 
Remember, Christianity is not just, you know, Jesus waving a magic wand and then everybody is good. No, Christianity is redemption. Redemption. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so that I have been redeemed. That means I'm not selfish anymore. I'm not self-centered anymore. I have been redeemed from the self. It's no longer I that live, but Jesus who is living in me. I live by grace and not by the law. I'm not into condemnation. I'm into mercy, forgiveness, and grace. Can we say amen? Hallelujah. Freely, freely, you have been forgiven. So freely, freely forgive. Can we say amen? Amen. And how many times do we have to forgive in a day? Seven, 70 times seven. Amen. How many of you have experienced there are, there are days in your life when you say, wow, how many times do I have to forgive? <laughs> sure, of course we have. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Isn't it good to forgive? What does it mean to forgive? To cast your sea into the, to cast our sin into the sea of forgetfulness and remember them no more. Put your finger on the delete button and press it. It's gone. And then go to the recycle bin and press another delete button. Are you sure this will be deleted forever from your computer, from your heart, from your CPU? Yes. Say to the person next to you, forgive and forget. Amen. The Bible says that we do not owe anybody anything but to love them. Can we say amen? Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Praise God. The Lord shall open unto you his good treasure, the heaven, to give rain unto your land in his season and to bless all the work of your hand. And you shall lend unto many nations and you shall not borrow. How many of us love this financial prosperity? Amen. Hallelujah. Love to be in the position. Amen. That we are lack of no good. Amen. Go with me to Malachi chapter 3 verse 10. Malachi chapter 3 verse 10. Bring you all the tithes into the storehouse out of your love for the house of the Lord. That they may be meat in my house and prove me now, saith the Lord of hosts. If I will not open you the windows of heaven the doors of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive. Amen. Can I ask you now, stretch your hands to heaven. Amen. And receive the open heaven. Receive God's open heaven. Amen. It is his heart. It is his will. Can we say amen? God wants you to be his profitable steward. It is not the will of God for us to be poor, for us to be broke, for us to be sick, for us to be quarreling all the time. No. Can we say amen? amen. Hallelujah. It's important for us to build our future. It's so, so important. I shared with you uh, last Sunday when I was in China and I saw this man who is already in his senior years and he was riding this, uh, this bike, you know, the, not motorbike, but a manual bike and with newspapers stacked behind him, you know, uh, because he had to transport it maybe to somewhere else. And to me, it's very, very sad. It's very, very sad. I think he must be in his 80s. It's very, very sad to be so poor in your old age. God wants us to have a good future. Can we say amen? Even the Australian government wants you to have a good future, a good retirement. So how much more God? Can we say amen? Amen. So let's look at generational blessings. Go back to Matthew chapter 1, verse 17. Matthew chapter 1, verse 17. 117. So all the generations from Abraham to David are how many? 14 generations from David unto the carrying away into Babylon are how many? 14 generations and from the carrying away, um, from the carrying away into Babylon unto Christ, how many generations? 14. So what's God telling us? So from Abraham to David, how many 14? 
How many 14 generations? From Abraham to David, one set of 14. So one set of 14 is how many sets of seven? Two. So two sets of seven from Abraham to David. What's Abraham famous for? Promise, right? God made Abraham a promise and he believed it. That's faith. God made Abraham a promise. And then what's David famous for? Even today for the Jews. He is King David. David is the fulfillment of God's promise to Abraham. A king. A natural human king. Dominion. Authority. God called Abraham a person. And that person became a nation. And the king of that nation was David. Okay, so you have the two sets of seven. And number two, David to Babylon. What is that? Exile. David, the fulfillment of God's promise to exile. They lost their dominion. No more. No more kingship. From David the king to being captivated, captured by Babylon. So that's the second set of two sevens. The third set of two sevens from exile or Babylon to Christ. What is Jesus famous for? What do the Jews call him? The Messiah, the Messianic King. So you have from exile to the Messianic King. So you have the first set, two sevens. The second set, two sevens. The third set, Two sevens. So altogether, we have had six generations. So the seventh set is the last seventh. It's called the millennium, the reign of Christ. How many days was it mentioned in Genesis chapter 1? That God created the whole universe in six days and he rested on the seventh day. One day it's to a thousand years. So you've had six generations and the seventh generation is coming. The ring of Christ, the rest of God. Which generation are we in? We are in the sixth generation. The sixth generation, the Jesus generation. What is the number? Of the Antichrist. Triple six. The number of a man. So when will he be coming? In which generation? The sixth generation. We are now in the sixth generation. We are truly now in the end times. Two more events. The revival. And the rapture. Once the rapture comes. We're out of here. Make sure you're ready. There will still be another rapture during the time of the tribulation, but it will be very hard. It will be very, very difficult. I believe God is preparing us for a revival, an end time revival. Smith Wigglesworth had prophesied that Australia would be the island from which the revival will come. So let's get ready. Are you excited? Are you excited? Do you want your children to be raptured? Yes. Do you want your children, your relatives, your extended family to be in the Jesus revelation? To be in the Jesus generation? Amen. Praise God. Amen. So don't ever be lazy during this time. And if you look at Matthew chapter 24, verse 34, the same, uh, Mark 13, 30, Luke 21, 32, Jesus said, Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass till all things be fulfilled. What is this generation? The Jesus generation. It's the generation of grace, the generation of salvation. It's the blessed generation that will bring in the fulfillment of God's precious promises. All the promises of God will be fulfilled in the Jesus generation. Can we say amen? Amen. Can I ask you to look at yourself and point to yourself? I am very important. You are very important. You're very, very important. 
The Pharisees and the Sadducees, what's wrong with them? They became spiritually prideful, religiously correct. Remember, Jesus warned the disciples against what? The leaven of the Pharisees. The leaven of the Pharisees. Jesus warned them, warned the disciples. Wow, you say, no, I would never be like that. No, none of us is above biblical warnings. Every one of us must be warned by the Holy Spirit. If you think that you don't need to be warned, I tell you what, you are prideful, spiritually prideful. It's important for us to hearken to corrections. We need to correct ourselves, guard our hearts. Pride and anger and offense is blinding. And when you are blinded, you can't see. How come the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they could not recognize Jesus? Because they were blinded. Amen? The truth will open our eyes to be humble. Then our eyes will be open to see the truth. Amen? The key is don't take yourself so seriously. Come on. How many of us have never made a mistake? If you raise your hand, I'll cast the devil out of you. <laughs> we have all made mistakes. Come on. Can we say amen? amen? That's why forgiveness is there ready for us to use anytime. If we repent of our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us of all of our sin and cleanse us. Cleanse us from all unrighteousness because the devil likes you to be dirty. To be dirty means you have your self-righteousness instead of Jesus' righteousness. And he can attack you. Can we say amen? amen. Come on, lift up your hands with me and say, Thank you, Lord, Thank you. that I'm humble, that I'm meek. Thank you, Lord, you have covered me. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Look at Romans chapter 11, verse 19 to 20. We don't want to be so full of ourselves that we miss the grace of God. Because definitely we have what we cannot do, what we cannot make. So we need God's grace all the time. Amen. The key is that if we hold on to our own security... If we hold on to our security in the natural, in the familiar, the religious, then we cannot believe. How many of you have ever changed your phone? For example, if you were Android before and then you changed to iPhone or you were iPhone before and you changed to Android. How many of you have done that? And you don't like it. Why? Because you have to start all over again. You have to learn all over again. You have to get used to, you know, how to use your phone all over again. We like to be comfortable. We like to be familiar. It's just like driving a car. You know, you're so used to your car. When you change your car, you have to learn again. Every day, every day, we have to be willing to learn. Every day, we have to be willing to, to go to new territories. Willing to, to learn new ideas. Okay, I know that there are some, oh no, I'm already in my 70. I don't know how to use my phone. Pastor Dora, don't tell me how to use my phone. Excuse me, you have to learn. If you don't, you'll be outdated. Come on, say to yourself, I don't want to be outdated. Come on, say to yourself, happy to learn. We need to be learning all the time. Need to be learning all the time. Can we say amen? Praise God. So Romans chapter 11, verse 19 to 20. So how did we get into the Abraham generation? You will say then the branches were broken off that I might be grafted in. Well, we, were, we are not Jews. Maybe we have one here. We are not Jews. So how could we become the children of Abraham? How did we get there? We were grafted in. We were grafted in. In. How many of you like gardening? Have you ever tried grafting? Yes, when you, grant, when you graft something into that branch, it starts to live. We have a tree like that. So it's important that we know that we have been grafted into 
the family, the nation of Abraham. Well, because of unbelief, they were broken off and you stand by faith. Be not high-minded. Come on, say with me one more time. Be not high-minded. One more time. Be not high-minded. One more time. Be not high-minded. So important. So we got grafted into the family of Abraham, the royalty of David, the grace of Jesus. Wow. Wow. How many amens? Wow. Get that revelation. We got grafted into the covenant of Abraham, the covenant of blessings, material blessings, into the royalty of David. We're kings and the grace of Jesus Christ. Amen. That's so awesome. Amen. Praise God. If you look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 3, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 3, this is very, very important. 1 Corinthians 12, 3, no man can say that Jesus is the Lord, but by the Holy Ghost. 1 Corinthians 12, No man can say that Jesus is Lord, but by the Holy Ghost. The word Lord means my boss, my boss. No one can obey the word of God without the Holy Spirit. Don't try to do it on your own. We can't. We can't. If you ask my husband, he'll tell you. Without the Holy Spirit, I'll be fighting him. But with the Holy Spirit, I submit to him. (laughs) Amen. So always we need the Holy Spirit. Come on, say with me, I need the Holy Spirit. Very much. Very much. And that's where we must keep ourselves humble. That's where we must keep ourselves humble. We must live a dependent life. We must depend on the Holy Spirit. And we must get to know the nature of the Holy Spirit. How do I know that I'm hearing God and not hearing myself? Listen to the character of the voice that's talking to you. God has his nature, his character. God has his way of doing things. So you need to discern. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of meekness. The spirit of meekness, being humble. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of obedience by faith. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of salvation, the spirit of sonship, the spirit that brings us into the Jesus generation, the generation of grace and blessings. Can we say amen? Can I ask you to look at 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 5 and 6. I want to talk to the teenagers for a moment, all those that are young, all those that are still very, very young. (laughs) The very fact that your parents are here with you, the very fact that your parents are Christians, you are being blessed. The very fact that your parents provide for you and love you and care for you, you are very, very blessed. Every one of us can hear the voice of rebellion. I did it my way. Not my parents' way, my way. (laughs) Not God's way, my way. That's called rebellion. When we talk about generational blessings, we're talking about walking in the footsteps of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We're talking about walking in the footsteps of David, the footsteps of Joseph, the footsteps of Malachi, the footsteps of Paul and Peter. We're talking about receiving the blessings because our forefathers have opened the heaven for us in certain areas. It's just like when you come to church, you don't have to beat around the bush because the highways have been built for you. So when we talk about generational blessings, we're talking about those who have gone before us, those who have blessed us, that we can receive their blessings. They are like a springboard and with them we can go higher. They are like the submarine. With them we can go deeper. 
And we also, this generation, we can prepare the generation to come by blessing them, by teaching them, by showing them where we have missed it and where we have made it. Can we say amen? Amen. We need one another. Come on, say with me. We need one another. One more time. We need one another. So let's make friends and not enemies. Let's make friends and not enemies. Can we say amen? amen? Generational blessings. First Peter chapter 5 verse 5. Likewise, you younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yes, all of you be subject one to another and be clothed with humility. For God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. And verse 6. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may... Are you sure it's not kill you? Are you sure it's not destroying you? No, that he may exalt you. Exalt you. So let me ask you, is it wise to be humble? Is it good to be humble? Amen. Amen. Being humble brings us into the grace of God. The grace then takes us to the fulfillment of the precious promises of God. Amen. Praise the Lord. How many of you remembered Ruth? What happened to Ruth? She made up her mind to humble herself to follow Naomi all the way. Naomi, a widow who had lost everybody or her family and who had lost her everything. She went to that land, still had something, and she left that land with nothing, coming back to Israel. But Ruth decided to follow her and stay faithful and loyal to her mother in law who had nothing to offer her. And was Ruth promoted? Was she promoted? Was she honored? Yes, she became the great grandmother of Jesus. She became the wife of Boaz. She inherited a great inheritance. She became blessed financially as well. Can we say amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. God's word never fails. Thank you, Jesus. Let's look at Psalm 145, verse 4. Psalm 145, verse 4. How many of you think that you are very blessed that you don't have to start all over again? The very fact that we have clothes to put on that we don't have to start, you know, just weaving all over again. (laughs) Sewing and stitching all over again. Amen. We're always at the end of somebody's work. Amen. It's so good to be blessed. Can we say amen? One more time. Let's say it. We need one another. And it's so good to have one another. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Psalm 145. Did I say verse 4? One generation shall praise your works to another and shall declare your mighty works. God is the God of generations. Let me ask you, who gave us our children? God. And if God had given you your children, let me ask you a question. Can you handle them? Yes, by the grace of God, by the word of God. Amen. So let me ask you another question. Should you believe your children to be good or to be bad? Yes or no? To be good. We need to believe our children to be good. We need to believe God for our children to be good. Amen. First Corinthians chapter 13. Love is believing. What is love? I thought I love him. No. The word of God says love is to believe in the best of the person. Love is to believe in the best of the person. Not the worst. Not the worst. The minute you start to believe the worst of that person, you're walking in hate. Not love. Amen. And hate is the spirit of the Antichrist. Antichrist means anti-anointing. 
the anointing will just be lifted from you, gone. And you'll be walking in deception and not even knowing it. Remember, what's his name? Um, Jonah, right? What happened to him? He got swallowed by a fish. Why? Because he said, don't send me to Nineveh. I don't like those people. Hey, let me ask you. Somebody said to me, well, I can still dislike somebody. I don't hate her, but I still dislike her. Is that the Holy Spirit talking to you? Will the Holy Spirit tell you to dislike someone? No, it's the devil. How many of us know that if we keep disliking somebody, keep disliking somebody, keep disliking somebody, we will end up hating that person? Okay? So say it with me. I don't want the voice of the devil. I want the voice of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. I want you to look at Psalm 127, verse 3 to 5. And if you do live in a blended family, I know that some of us have blended family because God had sent me to rub you the wrong way, okay? (laughs) To rub your flesh the wrong way. (laughs) Well, if you're living in a blended family, once you have married somebody, his children become your children. And your children become her children. Why? Because you have decided to get married and live happily ever after everybody in the house. Is that the Holy Spirit? Is that the Holy Ghost? Is that the Holy Ghost? Can we say, no, 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 that's his children, not mine. No, 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 that's her kids, not mine. Is that the Holy Spirit? How do we know? It's the spirit of division. If there is division, if there is division to divide and to conquer, that's the devil. God would never tell you to be like that. In fact, how do I know that I'm spiritual? How do I know that I'm a mature Christian? My heart gets bigger and bigger. You can include more people into your heart of love. Can we say amen? Come on, say to the person next to you, let's draw a bigger circle. Amen. 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 Do you still love me? Praise the Lord. (laughs) Psalm, Psalm 127 verse 3 to 5. You know, sometimes I do feel like, Lord, send me to another place, please. Psalm 127, verse 3 to 5. Lo, children are an heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. As arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are children of the youth. Let's continue to read. Happy is the man that has his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemies in the gate. So God sees your children as victorious. God sees your children as victorious, as conquerors that can defeat the devil, that can defeat your enemies. Can we say amen? Hallelujah. Lift up your hands with me and say, I'm a winner. I'm more than a conqueror. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. The God that we serve is the God of generations. The God of generations. Isaiah 41 verse 1. Amen. Who has brought and done it, calling the generations from the beginning. Calling the generations from the beginning. Amen. Hallelujah. Psalm 90 verse 1. Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations. Don't get nervous when your kids don't come to church. Don't get nervous when your kids don't behave the way that you want them to. Keep believing. Keep believing. Let me ask you another question. Remember the parable of the prodigal son. What did he do? He left his household. He asked for his inheritance and then he ran away. 
he left his household. He left his father. And what happened? He spent, squandered all of his money. And then he had to work for somebody on a farm. And then his job was to feed pigs. And while he was feeding pigs, he said, my father is very healthy and wealthy. And the servants of my father had better food to eat than what I'm eating now. And guess what? Why is it like that? Because his father had been praying for him. The revelation came into his heart. So when you're praying for your children, don't quit. Don't give up. Your prayers are working. Come on, say with me, my prayers are working. One more time, my prayers are working. Come on, say it like you mean it. My prayers are working. Amen. Hallelujah. And the prayer got to the prodigal son and he woke up. He arose to righteousness. He woke up to righteousness. And what did he say? I will go back to my father. Amen. Believe that. Come on, lift up your hands and believe that for your sons and your daughters. Amen. They will arise and go back to their heavenly father. Amen. Glory be to God. Amen. And what? When he was running towards his father, what was his father doing? He was standing there waiting. He had been standing there for a long time waiting for his son to come back. And as soon as he he saw his son running back, he ran to him. He ran to him and embraced him. He was not angry. He was not resentful. He did not say, look how much you've hurt me. All the money that I've sent you, you know, that I've given you, you've squandered them all, you foul boy. (laughs) No, no, he didn't talk like that. And then what did he do? He dressed him with the best robe, right? He put the finger of authority back to his, he put the ring of authority back to his finger and he put new shoes on him. Can we say amen? That's how God treats us. That's how God treats sinners. That's how God treats those who have backslidden. Now the story has not finished. He has an elder brother. Mm. Mm. And the elder brother, what did he say? What's this? What's this celebration? Why are we celebrating? Well, the servants told him, you know, we're celebrating because your younger brother had come home. What's, what's there to celebrate? He had squandered all the money. What about me? I've been serving my father for so long. I've never had this banquet. I've never had this celebration. Why are we celebrating? Well, the father did not go to him and smack him. <laughs> the father went to him and said, Son, you have been with me all this time. And all that I have is yours. Which, which is what he did not know. Because he had a working mentality instead of a grace mentality. His mentality was to work it and earn it. And that's why when his younger brother didn't earn it, he got angry. The same with Cain. Say with me, I live by grace. One more time. I'm gracious. I live by grace. Remember, let me finish with this. Remember in the book of Malachi, we read that scripture just now, you know. uh, They were saying to God, you know, God said that you had been speaking against me. Your attitude had been rude. And they said, what did we say against you? What did we say? And God said, you said that it's not profitable to serve God. So in the Old Testament, it's, it's not profitable to serve God. And then in the New Testament, in the Gospels, the elder son said, I've got nothing all these years that I've been serving you, right? So let's turn it around and say it is profitable to serve God. Let's turn it around and say God has given me everything that I need. Can we say amen? Give the Lord a big hand of praise. Amen. Praise God. Amen generational blessings. Amen. You be blessed and let your children be blessed and let your children's children be blessed. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's 
draw a big circle. Amen. Let's be gracious and with a lot of grace in our lives. Every eye closed, every head bow. Amen. If you're here this morning and you have not received Jesus Christ into your heart, into your life as your Lord and your Savior, I don't want to miss this opportunity for you. If you are not a Christian and uh, you are a lot of times just by yourself and it's not easy, you know, to live, it's quite hard. I just want to invite you to, to raise your hand and say, Jesus, come into my heart. Anybody here? Yes, I see that hand. Anybody else? You say, Jesus, I want you to come into my life. I want your grace. I want your forgiveness. I want your blessings. Anybody else? You're all Christians? Okay. Amen. Anybody else? Okay. So let's respond to the sermon as well. Anybody else that you say, yes, I want the grace of God. I, wa- I don't want to be self-dependent. I don't want to depend on my effort. I want God's grace. Lift up your hands and you say, Lord, I want to bless my children and my children's children. And I'm grateful to all those that have gone before me. I'm grateful all those for all those that you've used across my life to bless me. Lift up your hands and say, Lord, I'm thankful. Lord, I'm thankful, and Lord, I thank you that I'm gracious. Amen, amen. Father, we praise you and thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Can we have the musicians to come on stage, please? Uh, The singers as well, thank you. We're doing something new today. Praise the Lord. Amen.